0: watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching a game yeah.
1: Yeah. hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at steedy nfl on twitter and of course follow the group at uk packers and as usual i'm joined by meow buddy meow pal it's that ryan peacock nfl how's it going there ryan
0: well you've thrown me with that but i had uh, i had one thing i wanted to say to you steve go on what is happening in three weeks from now on this very day?
1: Um, you're getting a new pair of shoes.
0: Well, I could be if I'm a lucky boy, but I'm thinking bigger than that. Although I do have size 13 feet, but bigger than that. It's
1: pretty big. Is there anything bigger than that? Well, there might be one thing. hey uh, It's probably the season opener against the Seahawks. We're going over, baby!
0: Yep, so it's really getting real now three weeks away it's time to start changing up those dollars unless you Steve, who says no don't do that you get a better exchange rate with the bank just use your debit card there's a top tip for you there (laughs) Um, but yeah it's it's getting real three weeks away I probably should get some uh, travel insurance because I get the feeling going on a trip with uh, Tom Coles and Scotty Mann is probably gonna put somebody in a hospital so get your insurance sorted
1: and don't tell the insurance company because they actually won't insure you. I think is a yeah.
0: You know, so rarely traveling with any with any uh dodgy characters. Just say no.
1: I think th- you know what I reckon they've been asking people for years. Are you traveling with Tom Coles? And everyone else just doesn't know what they're talking about, but we do. It's mm-hmm. gonna be the one time that we'll know what they're talking about, right? I know. We know. And guess what? What's that?
0: It's been confirmed. There is free beer on the airplane. Free beer.
1: See, bodes well for you, it doesn't bode well for me. I've got to drive a bus when I get over. You're flying to Green Bay, you hear?
0: Not driving a bus. Got that stipulated in the contract. So, yeah, Mm. flying to Green Bay on a private jet, obviously.
1: We've got very different contracts. Uh, I'm the typical Paddy. I was like, do you want to drive a bus? I'll drive a bus for you. I'll paint your house as well, and and I'll sell you a gate. And Rhino, just uh, (laughs) jetting straight into Green Bay, buddy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I could, yeah. No, I'm not going to make that comment because you'll turn me off.
1: It's going to be a great weekend. We're going from, or as you'd like to uh, repeat back to me, come here to me. Um, so it's uh, from one weekend of greatness to some more greatness. We, do you know what? This we say every week because this is the all-time UK pack team, and we've focused on coaches this week, not the coach that I will be driving uh, in Green Bay, but a different type of one. Um, Get this, over it. Yeah, this this was the easiest for me. This was the dead easiest. This picked itself. You said last week picked itself, and then as we worked our way through the podcast, you kind of realized, eh, not really. But this one just, was because we have a coach and maybe an assistant coach, if you want to go there, and just mm-hmm. fell onto my lap. Not in a weird way.
0: So, Steve, look, 14 coaches in Green Bay's history. A um, couple of nice facts. Some of them are some ex players. If you look at the like of Forrest, Forrest Greg Bart Starr, uh... You could even obviously include Curly Lambeau, who was player and a head coach and pretty much everything. Um, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, 14 coaches. And obviously so there's some names on there, which will be very, very recognisable. And there's some, maybe not so much.
1: Can you name uh, them all? Can you
0: name uh, them? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to... All right, they're in front of me. Curly <laughs> Lambeau. I was going to say, and I'll even do it in order of that. But no, they're in front of me, obviously, because uh, I do do my research as a... Uh, I know that's very much opposed to everyone's opinion on Twitter. Do you actually read any But no. So the Curly Lambeau, you've got Gene Ronzani, Hugh DeVore, Ray, this is one of my favourite, Ray Scooter McLean.
1: You missed uh, one? Did you miss one? No. Lyle Blackburn? He's next. What? No,
0: he's not. So Scooter McLean coaches in 53. He takes over for a couple of games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Lyle Blackburn comes in and then Scooter McLean gets the old job again.
1: You're getting very exact now. Very exact.
0: Well, I'm just saying, you know, strictly speaking, Scooter McLean was head coach in '53 after the, I think, Hugh Devore, and then Brazzani. I think they all managed to be head coach in '53.
1: And guess what? Unless the, my uh, notes are rubbish. No, no. Guess what? The r- winning record was in, uh, in '53. They should have known.
0: Uh, I'm going
1: .311 Have <laughs> you got that funny? They went two and nine. Did they? Yeah. yeah.
0: Not great then. No. No, I don't know what it, the point was, but I can't do can't do the most basic of maths. Come on. Right, so then Lyle Blackburn comes in, then Scooter McLean comes back, then this guy called uh, Vince Lombardi, um, Phil Benkston after him, who was hand-picked by Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Hand-picked. Um, didn't work out so great. Uh, not terrible, but not great. Then Dan Devine which i think is just a great name because it rolls off the tongue and then of course the legend comes back bart star that's mm, doesn't go so great either then mm. forrest Gregg's back uh, also not so good lindy infante which are again another name that just works doesn't it yeah. and then the success i think starts to come back at this point mike holmgren um does his bit ray rhodes which uh did get a shout out believe it or not from one of our fans so Paul Davies said, "What about Ray Rhodes?" I think it was possibly tongue in cheek.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then Mike Sherman, then Mike McCarthy. So pretty decent list of coaches. Some uh, particularly interesting c- coaches. Uh, loads and loads of stories. But obviously there is one name that does does stand out. And uh, no, Paul Davies, it's not Ray Rhodes.
1: Scooter McLean. Oh yeah, what a no na- <laughs> oh, no no. Yeah, was oh. pretty poor. Isn't that? It's kind of. It's like great coaches peppered with mediocrity. Bart Starr didn't do too great when he came back. Record of fifty three and seventy seven. If you look down through all of his seasons, from nineteen seventy five down to nineteen eighty three, I don't know how he lasted in the job as long as he did. Um, because
0: of who he was, I think.
1: Does that? Yeah, he got criticised a lot in the media. Like four and ten was his first season. Five and nine, four and ten, eight and seven, five eleven. You know, five ten. You know, it's just. It's pretty poor. Phil Bankston as well. Um, before Dan Devine, sort of you mentioned he was handpicked yeah. by Lombardi. Comes in, and I think he suffered seven. from
0: that as well, didn't he? Yeah. Because Vince Lombardi didn't leave the team for Phil to get on with it. Yeah. Vince Lombardi was the GM, whilst yeah. Phil Bankston was the head coach. So he'd never. I. You would feel he probably never really got his chance to mold it. He, he was still very much in the shadow of Lombardi.
1: Yeah, like apparently he used to parade around the field a bit, you know, walk down a practice. And he's, there there's an interview with his daughter where she says he just has his head down because he just doesn't want to say anything because he wants to leave Phil Bankston and do his thing. But they had the soundproof, uh, the the room in which Lombardi was watching the Packers games because he used to be cursing blind and shouting, screaming, banging stuff because he was so frustrated. Uh, so it must have been hard for, for Vince to watch on and even harder for Phil Banks Bankston <laughs> knowing... One of the greatest coaches of all time is watching you, and they had the soundproof his room because you're doing so crap. Um, any other coaches stand out for you? that don't make the all-time great uh, list. Any funny stories or? Anything? Uh,
0: well, I'm sure there's plenty of funny stories in there. I think I think the problem is there are guys in there that certainly had good periods. Um, there's some that you know were just almost damn right awful, um, but. Really, I think you've got for us to find our one head coach of this team. I think there's probably four names, um, in my opinion, four names, possibly five. Um, But I think the fifth guy is, you know, a long way away. So I've got four names, um, but I think it's it's going to be really, really hard. Let's let's face it, we're all talking about Vince Lombardi. I think he overwhelmingly won the fan poll. Yeah. Uh, Last time I looked, it was eighty-two percent would vote Vince Lombardi yeah. so I mean that that's that's you know that was pretty obvious I think that that's the way that everyone was going to go what I think we should do is try our best to dislodge him which is going to be an almost impossible task Yeah. Um, but for the reasons why so n- let's look at some of the other guys and where they've done brilliantly well and, and, and in any other franchise would probably make the grade but it's going to be very difficult to beat Vince Lombardi and let's not Let's not forget as well, Curly Lambeau started it all. Yeah. You know, a player, a head coach for 29 seasons, I think it was. You know, pretty impressive. And he he's he coached over, I think it was 340-odd games, is it? Or something like that, near near enough. Give or take, I haven't got that written down, but I'm sure it's a ridiculous amount. And he's nearly up at uh, 07 uh, percentage win rate. I think it's 668
1: yeah, it's um, it's pretty mental. He was a six-time NFL champion. So, again, he was the first to three-peat. Uh, yeah. So, 1929 to 1931, and then 36, 39, 44. What stood out for me with um, Curly Lambeau was, is that, like, yes, he started it all, um, and he has a stadium named after him, but it's his consistency. Like, the end of his career was, you know, a bit of a shame that it went downhill, but he stayed competitive and kept him in the running all the way up to around his maybe second last year that he was in coaching in green Bay. So as a player, he went from 1919 to 1929. So that's a 10 year stretch as a player. Um, And then as a coach, he was the head coach at the same time that he was a player. Uh, so they, mm-hmm. they put him down as a coach from 1919 to 1949, which is 30 years. Uh, an awful lot of people don't know that he pissed off to the Chicago Cardinals for a year uh, to be head coach and then went to the washington redskins then from 1952 to 53 i believe he had a massive yeah. falling out with the washington head coach in the lobby of a hotel and got fired unceremoniously um but it all went downhill and i know we mentioned a lot on the podcast and we're kind of history buffs but it kind of went downhill after he bought rockwell house which was their training facility <laughs> which was just an untold desire rockwood lodge See. sorry
0: Yeah, you asked for interesting stories. This is, I know it's one of mine and yours' favourite pack of stories. Uh, And I I would love to know the truth of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, he buys this place for, I think it was, what was it? I think, so Irish, uh, 32000 And spends another, I don't know what it was, like four grand on renovations. I read all this about a billion times now already. Uh, Some numbers like that anyway. But it really put the, the whole team under financial pressure. I feel bad for the guy because like he starts it all off uh, you know this kid from Notre Dame was really good comes home gets sick gets tonsillitis the doctor says he has to hang about Um then George Whitney Calhoun who's in the media at the time comes over and the rest is history I think you know hopefully you all know the story if you don't go back and listen to some of the history podcasts you know he brought it from anonymity they were an independent team and then he brings them up into the National Football League in 1921 and then the National Football League Western Division in 1933 you know wins those six NFL champions uh, championships. Um, you know, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's a prominent, kind of, you call him almost an owner, even though it was community based. But he kind of moves away from all of those ideals at the very end, um, which probably, I don't know, blackens his name to a degree. Uh, you know, because of Rock Lodge and the cost, it put the team on a slippery slope into decline. Um, 1948, they had their first losing season since 1933 and 33 and 48 were the only two losing seasons that they had in franchise history up to that date so and then 1949 just the arse fell out of it so he you know he did pretty bad they tried to give him a contract to get him out of the head coaching thing to sort of make him relinquish all of his power and he said no piss off but he knew that the writing was on the wall then and uh, lodge burned down strangely in 1949 1950 and that kind of solved all the financial woes but there was a time frame where he literally had to step away from the coaching uh stuff and give that to the other coaches um so that he could sort out the financial situation so yeah he was he was an awesome player he's as you said regular season wins 226 hasn't been uh surpassed uh for his career was 229 uh postseason uh, he's three and two he makes my number two on this list, not unless he can be pried away. But, with right,
0: so I think th- this, is, this is now my, my argument against it. So not only does Curly Lambeau get the team set up and does 302 different jobs for the team, but um, don't quote me on that number. He also has to get the team through not only being from a small town where there's really not a great deal of money coming in and the financial troubles on the rest, but he actually has to take the team through the, the recession in America he has to take the team through the world war issues that were going on um, with lack of players and all the rest of it. So he has to take the team through not only from its very beginnings and creation, but he has to then take the team through some of the toughest times, not just for, for the Green Bay Packers or for football, for for America. And I think all of that going on to do as well as he did and as consistently as he did for so many years, he's a lot, lot closer to Vince Lombardi than probably many people are putting him there, um, and 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 you know for, for, for Vince Lombardi to get 82%, um, you know Curly Lembo came in I think with only about five percent of the vote. Now whether that's um, maybe some fans don't know enough about him and if not that's fine. He's a he's right there at the start. He's a big figure that the stadium's named after him. Listen to the history pods. Look on look on different things online. Um, but I think Curly Lambo, for me anyway, at this point, is almost there and thereabouts with Lombardi.
1: Okay. Well like Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think it's fair enough. I mean as you said that that's what really stood out to me that he, he was so dominant for so long. The only thing I think that sort of counts against them is, is that like like Bill Gates, I mean if you get in there early and you're a pioneer, it's an awful lot easier to stay at the top of well, I don't know. If, I'm not going to say easy, but um, it's more understandable that you can stay at the top of your game. I suppose if you're the one who has more experience than anybody else, um, you know, I mean, because Bill Gates, you know, starts up. I'm not going to get. This is the technology podcast with Steve. You <laughs> know he um, you know when you set something up and you're the expert in it and you're you keep innovating, mm-hmm. you know, it's an awful lot more to be consistent because look at yeah. this was a time Ryan, wasn't it that it was ground and pound football. Very like the college football that we see of recent uh, recent days, and Lambeau pioneered um, a lot of things off the field as well. But he pioneered mainly that forward pass. He made the quarterback to be a quarterback, the receiver to be a receiver. Um, You know, he had players like uh, Canadeo on his team, um, Hudson. You know, who's really revolutionizing the whole game. I mean, he had Hudson for you know a hell of a lot of his actual you know when he start winning championships for instance it coincides with Hudson coming to the team and that's not a coincidence you know so he had the players to do it and Hudson himself is to me one of the best ever players in the NFL at any position ever he beats out most quarterbacks for me if not all because he you know he was doing he was like the Rob Gronkowski of his day in a sense because Rob Gronkowski has changed the tight end position he changed the wide receiver position and that's because of the forward pass the two of them work together I think um,
0: the, the, when it comes to the forward pass, though, for, to try and give it a sort of modern spin on it, when the forward pass came into the game, it was largely sort of frowned upon as, I don't know, almost a fad idea at first that wouldn't work, a bit like when read option came in a few years back and people went, oh, yes, a college thing won't work. Um, and I think it was almost like that as well. And he, he made it work and he made a great success of it. And, of course, then everybody obviously made use of the forward pass. So there's so many things that he's an absolute uh, – just. I don't know. He's so so close to Vince Lombardi, and I think I'm almost. For me, he's almost in first spot for me. Um, and I, do you know what? I have some support on Twitter. So I said that it was very low in either fan vote on on mm. Lambo. Yeah, it's just, it's actually at one percent, which I'm I'm astonished at. It's at one percent
1: currently. Mm.
0: But Coach Club on Twitter. So at Ben Club thirty two, he said, as great as Lombardi was, it's hard to pick against Curly Lambo he won six championships and he was the innovator of the game. Hmm. So
1: yeah, I'd agree with that. Um but that's the problem with trying to compare across periods, you know. It's like when we try to yeah, compare sure. Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers and if you were to pick in today's game, in today's game, I think you can't look past Mike McCarthy with what he's done and all the rest. But I think what's defining lot of these coaches is the players that they've played with. Uh, you know, if you look at Curly Lambeau, he had Hudson, uh, and Arnie Herber. If you look at Vince Lombardi, he had Bart Starr. You know, Dowler, uh, Max McGee, uh, Taylor, Hornung. You know, all of these greats. Look at Mike McCarthy. He's had Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and all the wide receiver core that came along with it, and running backs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I do you know. So essentially, I,
0: I mean, that's the thing. All four coaches had really talented. Teams generally. Yeah. Um, now the one that I would give the nod there for is obviously when Holmgren come along. He maybe didn't have the greatest of teams at the time, and obviously he made managed to make acquisitions to change that. And he also had. Everybody talks about when when Brett Favre come to town, and I know I'm switching coaches here, but guess what, It's a it's a debate, so it's happening. Um, but. <laughs> When when he came, everybody bangs on about Ron Wolf. You know, he was the guy that went out. He made the big trade. He got Brett Favre, um, and and you know, changed the course of the Packers and the history of the Packers. And and, and that's absolutely true.
1: Mm.
0: However, when he came to the Packers, and the reason that the Falcons were probably so pleased to let him go—we're well, not pleased to let him go—but we're not so fussed about him going—is he was wild. He was wild. He was uh, obviously he was he was the butt of many jokes over there, and he had to be coached tamed and and you know, that all had to be done in the right way mm. and Mike Congren deserves a hell of a lot of credit for what he turned that team into uh, and the success he had um, and I think he's, if you look at his uh, like win ratios and all the rest, he's very impressive as well
1: Yeah, Mike Hongren did well for himself more so out of Green Bay in the sense that, you know, he won Super Bowls with uh, the Niners, two Super Bowls with the Niners Um mm-hmm absolute caliber and again it bode well for him as well because he was a quarterbacks coach and he worked with the greats so I think instantly Brett Favre was going to respect him and he was used to dealing with quarterbacks as well and quarterback controversies too Um, so I think that kind of geared him up but the thing that sort of counts against Curly Lambeau is the fact that he nearly financially ruined the team and then on top of that he tried to get investors when they were on the slippery slope to bankruptcy to back the team financially back the team and one of the Uh, stipulations that he had was is that he was going to move the team out of Green Bay and of course there was massive uproar at the time and he nearly got slapped around for it you know because that's obviously even today the minute you mention you know you can do it just for fun uh, on Twitter I wouldn't dare do it because uh, it's ignorant but you could easily get onto Twitter and say that I think the Packers should have a home game abroad as an international series game and you'll probably be reported to Twitter and they'll block you, delete you, find you and uh, ship you off so you just can't do it and that's what he was doing and he he put the team into this sort of unstoppable slip into anonymity and as well as that like an interesting thing about it was is that the support for the team at the time was at an all time low so the financial revenue from people going to the games was crap so he nearly killed the whole team it was only because his you know frivolous spending with the Rockwood Lodge burned down all of the money that they got for that put them on equal footing but Vince Lombardi and let's get on to him he comes in next and he single-handedly saved the franchise for forever because since he came in, so his first season, um, now bear in mind like he came in after Scooter McLean and Scooter McLean went one in ten and Vince Lombardi had five Hall of Famers on that team and that's what I want to ask you, like he had five Hall of Famers on the team but did he, I mean when any other coach, are they Hall of Famers or is it the Vince Lombardi effect? The first season, 1959, he goes seven and five after going Scooter McLean going one and ten, then he goes eight and four and they lose the championship game, 17-14 to the Eagles. And since 1960, every single game has been sold out since then because the community got behind them. So he's the financial savior and the football savior of this team. Ryan, did he do it because, like what we were saying, the players that he had were so great and he just moulded them the right way? Or did he make them into great players by switching positions and making them believe in themselves and just being a, pretty much a badass?
0: I think you're absolutely right about the the players on the team. I mean, yeah, there were there were guys on Scooter's team. Um, but, I mean, you could have the best bunch of players in the world if you don't have a coach to bring it all together, uh, to mould it in the way that works, to to, to sort of utilise the skills of that that players, then then it probably won't work. And I think that is the main difference there. Scooter McLean obviously wasn't wasn't the right fit in that sense. And I think Ray Nitschke, we spoke about him, I think it was on the last all-time pack, because we, we we picked our linebackers, and we spoke a bit about Nitschke then. Uh, and if you remember in his first few years, and, and I think he was um, drafted in 58. So in his first few years, and, and one of them under Scooter McLean, um, Obviously, he, his career didn't start off great. He didn't come in and he wasn't a star from the get-go. He was built and he was trained and he was coached into becoming a star. And I think a lot of the players under Lombardi, whether they were there before or whether they joined under Lombardi, I mean, let's, let's look at some of the players that joined under Lombardi. Um, a number of those guys came in at a position. He said, no, 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 no. You've got something, but it's not that position. I want you to play here or uh is it was it Adderley that was the running back or okay yeah I think it was Adderley came in as a running back they had enough running backs they put him a cornerback essentially so it's the way in which Vince Lombardi took a group of players um that yeah some of them went on to be Hall of Famers but I think Vince Lombardi was the reason for some of those players going on to be Hall of Famers
1: yeah and I mean this is the first time that we see well it's, it's not the first time but it his philosophy's still enduring. So his motivational techniques, um, you know, the way he went about his business still endures. He's still seen as one of the best coaches of all time. Anytime, you know, you type in motivational coach into Google or YouTube or any of these things, you know, Vince Lombardi comes up, his quotes float around the internet constantly. You don't have to be a Packers fan to know who Vince Lombardi was, and of course the Super Bowl trophy is named after him. Yeah. he won super bowl one super bowl two he's a six-time nfl champ uh hall of famer and uh, revolutionary his philosophy like the Packers sweep you know i th- who's who's that is it in the vince it's a vince lombardi documentary maybe or i don't know what even i saw it on but i think it's john madden talking about where he was a young coach and he goes to a vince lombardi you know sort of coaching session and it's just about the packer sweep this one play and yeah hours and hours and hours yeah see you know madden sits down the back like a bit of a piss head and he's sort of thinking you know I'll listen to this crap for eight hours one of he said he listened there and he was mind his mind was blown by the nuances to that packer sweep play you know you think it's everyone drags out right to you know offensive linemen create gaps for whatever but it's so much more intricate than that because he had every single scenario covered and his offensive linemen knowing that if that scenario happened this is what you do, and the running back said no, you know, just absolutely incredible. And Madden even said that he was blown away listening to this guy because, you know, here he was the petulant young lad down the back. And really this is something that if this was one play that Lombardi had, that it could go on for so long, was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But right, what stands out to me about Vince Lombardi as well, not only his amount of wins and all the rest, uh, was his relatively short career um in Green Bay you know in comparison yeah. to the amount that he won i mean just his win rate was unbelievable uh 98 wins 30 losses four draws uh nine and one in the playoffs
0: yeah that's just an unbelievable stat isn't it basically if you're going to the playoffs you're going to the big game with him but yeah yeah unreal and you're right it was it was obviously short and and the reasons for for why he left uh, i think people know about but it, it's a shame and obviously then his health would have essentially curtailed any any career anyway but could you imagine if he had had a 10 15 year career with Green Bay Packers how different things could have been you know and we'll never know um and there's no need to even really talk about it but yeah it's it's such a shame it ended early but I think Vince Lombardi obviously gets a lot of support from uh from the guys around the um the Twitter and the Facebook um Ben Ben Codwaller, I always say this name wrong sorry Ben Ben Codwalader. That's I, ho- I hope that's his definite surname because that's just a great surname he says Vince Lombardi, Rob Gardner says Vince Lombardi, Tom Coles, Jill Jackie Steed uh, Matt Salt um, who else we got on here Cassian basically and Richard Day so a hell of a lot of people picking Vince Lombardi and to be fair when we were talking about this last week when we did it at the start of this week this is the guy we thought we were going to go for, right? This is the guy that we had to beat out, mm. and it is very difficult to do it. Um, I think Curley is very, very close, but I mean, if you just got to look at all the records he's beat, all the, the things he's won, you know, winning that very first uh, NFL um, versus the AFL game, you know, the very first Super Bowl was was basically if he'd have lost it i think he'd have pretty much he'd have been like the the black sheep of the NFL family wouldn't he he'd have almost killed his own career because he had nothing to win essentially in that game obviously went on to be a super bowl so now it's it's a great thing um but to have the trophy named after him as well if he hadn't have won those games then I think it's been quite obviously so I think again in in America's game documentary they say you know if he hadn't done what he did everybody would probably have been playing for the Tom Landry trophy
1: yeah without a doubt
0: and it's as simple as that he's 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 a guy that doesn't just doesn't just dominate Packers history but he dominates football history in general
1: yeah and what a dream team that New York team was that he came from I mean you've Tom Landry defensive coordinator Vince Lombardi offensive coordinator pretty mental uh they did that from 1954 to 1958 and of course one of those nfl championships that he's won because you know he's won six one of those was with the giants so before anybody jumps on me i know so vince lombardi again innovator total people manager you know because we both manage people in our jobs and this guy had a way of you know his calis calisthenics was unbelievable he'd drive people to be puking on the field he'd be cussing them out you know at the start of our podcast is what the hell is going on out here you know he was a tough guy but a family guy and as well as that what he did for you know equality uh race you know black rights gay rights you know because he had he had a black player who was i think engaged to a white woman and there was all this talk of you know he was going to be expelled from restaurants around Green Bay, and he said to anybody if you discriminate against them, uh, well then we're not going to bring the Green Bay Packers into a restaurant and you're going to suffer, you know. And then his brother was gay, and he was known that if anybody was to pick on a player who was allegedly gay, that he said that they'd be fired on the spot. So this is a guy who's you know he came up with the original thing of, you know we don't care, you know whether you're black or white we don't care whether you're gay or straight if you're a good player, you're going to play for the Packers and everyone is going to be treated equally. Yes, you chew your ass out. And it's funny, uh, isn't it? Dave Robinson comes out, Ryan, and says, you know, Vincent Lombardi treated everybody the same, like dogs. You know, and that that's just the way he had it with the players, is that he used to dog yet of a but It wasn't because of anything. You know, there was no race behind it. There was nothing like that. If you're a good player, you're a good player, and he'd, he'd stand behind you. Um, Vincent Lombardi gets it for me, just the impact that he had in the game, how he saved the Packers financially, how he saved them on the field, had have been sold out ever since. Um, You know, he didn't mess around. He got rid of players when they got old or maybe disruptive or when mm-hmm. he felt that he got everything that he could from them. He made the tough decisions at the time. And in a way, he left at the peak of his powers too. You know, he didn't stick around and decline like Curly Lambeau did. So he's definitely number one for me, Curly Lambeau number two. But honourable mentions have to be given to some other guys around here. Right?
0: Yeah, I think um, one of those guys is we already... Touched on Mike Holmgren, um, you know he he was very different uh, to Lombardi in his style, wasn't he? You know, if if Lombardi was a totalitarian uh, type figure, um, sort of his way, and that's the only way type type figure, Holmgren comes across in a very different way, doesn't he? I mean, you've seen the America's game for the for the Super Bowl versus the Patriots. I think most people listening have probably seen it. He just comes across as a really fun loving easygoing guy and yet he's the head coach of Green Bay Packers and he probably had to be because could you imagine trying to be authoritarian with Brett Favre it's probably not going to work with that guy is it so they probably came along in in sort of the perfect marriage at the right time for the Green Bay Packers Um, and you know he's got a great record as well unfortunately it was only one Super Bowl which it should have been two um, but I think Terrell Davis probably had a had something to say on that one and and put an end to it. Um, There was also plenty of other opportunities where we got close in the playoffs to to getting back to a Super Bowl. Um, But it didn't happen. So that's unfortunate. And I think for me, the other one um, would be Mike McCarthy right now, current coach. Now, I know he's got a lot of flack in recent years. um, But he is one of the best coaches in the league. His record speaks for itself. His success on getting to the postseason speaks for itself. He's a Super Bowl winner. Yes, we should have been to more Super Bowls, but guess what? His career's not over, and guess what? He still has number 12, a quarterback. So he could well... We don't know what the future's going to hold, but he could well be far more competitive in this argument, if you like, than than he is right now. Um, but certainly, that they would be my top four. The four I had written down was McCarthy, Holmgren, Lambeau, Lombardi. Um, and I think they're probably the four that everyone was thinking, unless you got anybody else.
1: No, they'd be the same. I mean, honorable mention again to uh, Mike Sherman, uh, who did yep. a good job, you know, in Green Bay, posted mm-hmm. a record of fifty three thirty one. You know, nine and seven, twelve and four, twelve and four, ten and six, ten and six. I mean, you know, I did pretty well. The last season sucked with four and twelve. Um, but yeah, like Mike Holmgren again, interesting guy. And again, there's that recency bias with him, right? is that you look at him and you see him in all the Brett Favre documentaries you see no more rocket balls please you know that thing you see (laughs) and what came out with with Brett Favre you know getting the jersey retired getting his name up onto the stadium and the Packers Hall of Fame the Pro Football Hall of Fame all the rest you know that reunification between Pack Nation and Brett Favre Mike Holmgren played a big part in all of that and coming out telling stories that you know especially because when we did that um, recap a while ago And we had a Mike Holmgren coming on and saying, you know, he was like the son that he never had. His voice cracks and he goes to cry. Something about a grown man crying really, you know, hits you right in the nards. So (laughs) for him to say that, and again that story where he said to Brett, "Look, we're tied together. If you fail, I fail, and vice versa." So you know, we you know, we're married in this, whether we like it or not. So we have to keep going, and just the stuff of you know like the no rockets balls and he says like okay that's it get the other quarterback in get the other quarterback in and he goes no yeah. no wait no wait <laughs> no wait, back. wait yeah and you know he's, he has to know what he's doing is wrong right and then yeah. as well as that sometimes the legacy that people leave in the game so if you look at some of the coaches that came in on their ground um Steve Mariucci is the famous one the tape they to listen to with Brett Favre burping his balls off uh, is something else John Gruden was one of his coaches Andy Reid one of his coaches and you can probably think of a, of a bunch of others. But, you know, these, these, some of these lads still coaching in the NFL. Um, you know, Andy Reid doing, doing pretty well with, with Kansas, no matter what people want to say about him. So it's his yeah. sort of coaching tree that's came out of it. And, of course, Mike McCarthy, Ryan, as he said, look, if he'd won a few more Super Bowls, he'd be de facto number two, definitely. And I think in today's world, if you were to pick the number one coach, I'd go Mike McCarthy number one. Lombardi number two, maybe you know, just because of it's today's world is slightly different. I don't know. I, did I just say that? No, I didn't. Right. Lombardi no, number I one, Mike McCarthy number two. I have to, you know, check no, myself before right. I wreck myself, Rhino. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his numbers are crazy, and even Bill Belichick comes out and says that he's one of the best coaches, um, yeah. ever. And he stats He is, and anybody
0: that know. gets on his back needs to needs to have a little, you know, take yourself off into a quiet room, have a little word with yourself open up another cold <laughs> beer, chill out, come back and think about it, yeah, because unbelievable coach and there's many teams out there that would uh would snap him up in an instant if he became available
1: mm. now the only criticism that i would have of mike mccarthy is the fact that he's the head coach you know he has to pick his defensive coordinators and he has to get the defense in line Ooh. i don't think the defense would get away uh with what they have done over the you know previous number of years if it was under a coach like vince lombardi i'd say they'd be chewed out and they'd they'd be kicked out you know and even the defensive coordinator wouldn't be hanging around and even Mike McCarthy came out and he's hanging his hat on Dom Capers this season by saying you know we had our troubles with Mason Crosby at kicker we stuck by him and look how that panned out so I've decided to stick by Dom Capers kind of admitting the fact that it all went tits up not that you could argue the fact but he's categorically said I'm giving him another shot so Ryan if that doesn't work it's going to be seen as a catastrophic failure on Mike McCarthy's part and another waste you know, of a year with 12 behind the helm because at the end of the day, he has Aaron Rodgers, if he doesn't start winning those Super Bowls and it does come down to defence again, people are going to say, you should have rided this ship a long time ago and that's going to be one of his criticisms and that's the criticism that I suppose I have for him on this list and that's why he doesn't make number two for me. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. And I would say the reason Holmgren doesn't make number two is because he left to join the Seahawks. Yeah. But, uh, what's that, what's that
1: yeah. all about Mike? We know you're listening. Yeah.
0: So look, I think it's time to call it, isn't it? Should we do it like rock paper scissors? We'll go one two three, and then you call out your player.
1: <laughs> Should we just? just don't call sp- out your coach. Just pick Scooter McLean and Ray Rhodes as one and two, just just for shits and giggles. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so, are we doing it that way? We're going rock paper scissors. Go on. Right. So it's not on three. It's one two three. Then shout. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right.
0: One two three.
1: Lambert. What? Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. What? No.
1: You're going Lambeau for for real?
0: Well, this is a problem now, though, because we're going to have to take it to the public vote to be the uh, tiebreaker. So uh, unless there's been a dramatic change (laughs) in the last 10 minutes, let's have a little look and see exactly where we are right now. So, uh, okay, Oh, God. Right. In fourth place, Curly Lambeau, 1%. Mm. I'm very disappointed, guys. So my pick is 1%. In third place is Mike Holmgren, 5%. In second place is Mike McCarthy, 12%. And in Mm -hmm. first place, with a whopping 82%, Vince Lombardi. So let's go Vince Lombardi then.
1: Well, hey. So then number two has to be Lambo. If you pick them one, I pick them two. The people, pick them number four. Yeah. Yeah but Ryan I think the problem is that you're looking to pick the number one coach so people always have you know if you were to sort of give your list of your top four I reckon Lambeau might be treated more fairly but because they have to pick number one I think it's always going to come in as Lombardi no?
0: Yeah of course yeah I think you're
1: right You'll always go down though as the man who picked Lambeau over Lombardi so there, yeah. there's a trophy for you, for your uh, your case Hip, there bro
0: Hipster hipster, claxon. Yeah It's not really hipster is it? It's not bad show.
1: It's no. not
0: like I actually said Lindy Fante. That would yeah. have been hipster
1: because Lindy actually changed the structure of the Packers internally in training. Yeah, and like
0: totally, if he had one of the other teams, we'd have totally never lost a game, so actually.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know what I mean, like totes.
1: Good stuff right now. That's the all-time UK Packers coach, Lombardi. Happy?
0: Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I Couldn't really lose with that one, could we? I know yeah. I went Lambo, but uh, couldn't really lose with that one.
1: I reckon so, we go uh, wide receivers for the... Let's do
0: it, yeah. yeah. And let's let's have the debate as to uh, why 14 doesn't make the team.
1: <laughs> There's no way that's happened.
0: I just wanted... I, I don't actually really believe that, but I uh, just wanted to see Steve throw his tea across the room.
1: I got sick on my lap. On my lap. I have a sicky mickey. Mm. So, a anyway, that. <laughs> that's it for uh, this week we will be back on Sunday and delightfully so we'll be bringing you all the training camp news and the game is on Saturday night into Sunday morning over here so we'll be able to post review that and talk about why Ty Montgomery's lost a starting job after only two meaningless preseason games well maybe they're not meaningless but anyway join us Monday morning for all your Packers needs it's at (laughs) NFL on Twitter it's a a bit of scatological end at you big Packers for the group account Jesus and me old buddy
0: Meow
1: Pal. Jesus. It's it's Meow Pal at Jesus NFL. It's at Ryan Peacock NFL. holla (laughs) What type of gangster shit is that?